Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the 432nd episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my fellow, uh, fellow, I don't know, um, dungeoneering co-hosts. Uh, we have we have the man who uh, who knows everything, especially my schedule. Um, it's P. Mickey. Hello. It's really weird being introduced first. I had just getting, gotten settled into being the the back introduction because I'm the newest one on the voice. Yeah, this is you're the only one that this is the only time this is ever going to happen. I know it'll be like years away before that I get to be up front again. So I'm in, I'm savoring this moment. Yeah, because the other person we have today is a very special person, and his name is Uncle Oshawott. Yeah, I'm not even on the guild. <laughs> no, but we brought you because, I mean, you're a member of the mod staff and you're very vocal in the community about really enjoying today's topic, which is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. I really like Mystery Dungeon. Yes. And... <laughs> this one's really good. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that you could be a part of this in some way, shape or form. And I'm hoping that we can we can continue that. So uh, on that note, though, welcome to the Puckle podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name I came up with when I was 16. We talk everything here, Pokemon, from the video game to the trading card game. And today, especially Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX. Uh, so, yeah, this, this we talk everything. Welcome back if you're old. Welcome if you're new or having a party. It's going to be a good time. We're going to talk some Pokemon Mystery Dungeon today. This episode's also recorded like very early in the week and not during our normal times whatsoever. No. <laughs> so I apologize in advance if we do not cover any news because that comes out later in the week. Um, maybe they, they're just like, yeah, we got rid of Zarude for a good mythical. And that we don't <laughs> get to cover that. I can only hope. That's what happens. So, but yeah, what have you guys been up to uh, lately? I, I assume I know, but I, I would like to hear it from your mouths before I, I assume. <laughs> I mean, yes, I have been mostly playing Mystery Dungeon. Before that, I was getting really into VGC. I would try, I'm finally learning that meta, and I saw that team you guys posted from the last episode, and I really want to try that out. It's actually really fun. It's really fun. I'm excited for it. I, if I get burnt out from Mystery Dungeon after we record tonight, I think I'm going to play around with that for a bit. Because I'm really excited about it. It's actually a really good one. I'm I'm a big fan of it. Um, I I honestly just really like Ally Switch. It's such a fun move. Yeah, I just like Ally Switch. So I, I think it's absolutely worth it. Just for Ally Switch. <laughs> in any context, in any context, Ally Switch is my favorite move. But yeah, uh, what about you, Oshawa? This is this is you. Tell tell us, give us like a little bit of your life story. I know this isn't your first appearance on the podcast, but for many, it probably is the first time they're hearing you. Yeah, it, it's the first one on a kind of. This is like your, yeah, 
the first normal show you've been on. Right. Okay. So um, I'm Oshawott. I've been around since about um, when Sun and Moon were revealed uh, for their titles. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what this iTunes thing, <laughs> I, iTunes podcast thing is on my phone. <laughs> and then I started listening and I've been active in the chat wing slash discord ever since. God, chat wing. <laughs> oh, that was a time. Um, but yeah, that was a time. Yes. I'm not super into the competitive Pokemon stuff. I do it because the community does, but I'm more into the the random casual games, the spinoffs sometimes, mainly yeah, yeah. Mystery Dungeon, a big Mystery Dungeon fan. But uh, yeah, if you ever come to the Discord, I'm, I'm most likely definitely there. <laughs> talking. <Yes. laughs> Always. Well, so yeah. what have you been up to like recently, Pokemon wise? Like, tell us about tell us about your endeavors. Yeah, so tragically, I haven't had too much time with it. Only about five hours, but only. I've been mystery dungeoning. <laughs> yeah, only. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, mystery dungeon. Just a whole bunch of mystery dungeon. Whole bunch of mystery dungeon. Okay, so I know you're in school too. Did they close your school yet? Uh, not yet, but there are some kids who uh, went to Italy. And now Fun. they have to um, do school from home for the rest of the semester. Yeah, that sounds oh, wow. good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a thing. That's a fun. Uh, thing. I'm sure coronavirus will come come up again in our news. <laughs> yes, event. I mean, it, are, it it does come up in the news. That is very true, actually. It is. It's there. Uh, before we get to depressing stuff, though, um, what I've been working on is, uh, I mean, I've been well working on. I should say what I've been doing in Pokemon. It's only been like three days since like we recorded the last episode, but I've played um, a buttload of Pokemon Coliseum since then. Like I think we, I think Sigma and I sat down and did like a four-hour session, like on Saturday night, because we were just we just wanted to have a party, and be able to do whatever we wanted. And uh, so there is a four, there's like a four-hour session of that on coming up on uh, YouTube. But these all get posted to YouTube, but they're going to be like straight streams adapted to YouTube, just as a heads up for everybody. Um, that way you can uh, you can see the stream and uh, hear what we're doing because I I kind of think they're just like little podcasts, like where we're hanging out and playing a game. Like it's a podcast with the topic being the game we're playing. Yeah, people kept pop- myself included. People kept popping in and out and hanging out for a bit. Yeah, I, ju- I just think that's I think that's what this kind of content is, and I kind of like doing it, and I want to explore it a little bit more because I think it's really cool to be like, hey, we're playing this game, but at the same time, it's kind of a podcast, um, and I I want to do that because like it's just like co- small commentary on just like, the games and stuff like that. And so I I do encourage you if you haven't if you if you're interested in like more podcast type stuff like that from us, uh, go over to YouTube when they're posted. I believe the first episode by the time this is is up should be up. Um, maybe even the second episode. Now we're not dicing them. We're not doing this like um, very professionally. We're kind of just doing this off the cuff right now. But if it does see traction, like I would definitely be more into upping the production of it and trying to get it rolling into a more podcast like ma- manner. Uh, I am very excited about that, though, because Pokemon Coliseum, I found out this week that the heart gauge mechanic in Pokemon Coliseum and XD is needlessly complicated. Oh, did we figure it out? I know you were very confused oh, last my night gosh. listening. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is. It is needlessly complicated um, because there's like different different things will do different values of decreasing on the heart gauge. And that those the amount that they do for each Pokemon is determined by the Pokemon's nature. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I remember you like walked up and down some stairs with a knockdown, and he was pretty much done. And then Slugma wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, and it, that has to do with nature. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. But that's fine. Um, so that that's the one reason. <laughs> that's the one thing we learned. Um, there's also uh, what I learned is that Coliseum like increased the heart gauge. It, it, the heart gauges are so much higher than an XD. 
feel like a factor of two. Also, I know you and I for a little bit uh, were talking about where to use the time flutes to purify the Pokemon yes. on Pokemon XD. I we are absolutely wrong. You do not use them on the legendary dogs, like whatsoever. Really, you do not because their heart gauges are at like thirteen thousand points, and the Tyranitar is at twenty thousand. And the Metagross is at 15,000. Um, and then there's a Skarmory at 13,000. So, like, who wants to use Skarmory? I'd rather go into Battle with Soikun, Raikou, and Entei. So. It makes sense. You get Entei early enough where, like, yeah. you can just kind of keep him in there. He'll get there eventually. That makes I think, sense. I think you get all three of them pretty early or early enough that you can do it. Um, I, <laughs> I have my own comments about that game and how it's paced. I, I think it's done so very poorly. <laughs> there are good and bad things. <laughs> and, like, I think the perfect like Pokemon Shadow Pokemon GameCube game would have been the mecha- the Shadow mechanics of XD mixed with the uh, well the purification mechanics of XD mixed with everything else in Colosseum. Like if you had the purification mechanics from XD, I think everything would have gone much better because. I think they just wait way too long to give you purification because they want to give you like a couple different Pokemon you can purify like right when you get there, which I kind of understand. But <laughs> at, at the same time, it's just like this is a little excessive. Um, this is the wrong way to do it. Uh, other than that, I like the game because, I mean, it's got it's got a much different tone than normal Pokemon. Um, I mean, this is like my fourth playthrough of it, like through my lifetime. But uh, I, it has a much different tone, and I really appreciate that. I'm still kind of upset we never got a... Uh a a game with the revolution battle engine and graphics okay so the revolution graphics are the coliseum graphics i mean yeah but <laughs> but they look a little nicer uh not the pokemon the pokemon are straight up the same models and then True. i think i think the trainers are a little bit nicer i would really like i think this is also a really good time for them to strike while the iron's hot um in in like this whole like quote unquote dexit world where like we have a limited Pokedex and we're like, oh man, where are ways to bring more Pokemon in? You kind of leave out some of the Colosseum Pokemon and then you remake Colosseum with just like nicer models of the characters. Yeah. You just drop in the new Pokemon models and you make this game and I, I would honestly pay 30 to $60 for it. I'm not going to lie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they'd obviously... If you did XD and Colosseum as like a dual pack, $60, no question. Oh yeah, totally. There are- I don't think it would be a dual pack, but yeah. <laughs> There are so many games for Pokemon I want to play and with the physical special split that just don't exist right now. Yeah. And Coliseum is one of them. I think Coliseum and XD were just like kind of left in the dark and just like left in yeah. the past. I think they did them for Gen 3 because Gen 3 was such an oddity. It really was. And they just kind of they kind of just said meh because technically it's not impossible to finish the Pokedex in Gen 3 but without uh, or with uh, uh, XD and coliseum like you can you can still complete the pokedex it's just way harder like way way harder like you have to play fire red and leaf green three times and beat them oh wow three times because that's the only way to get the legendary dogs is to is to go and beat the game and then depending on which starter you pick it chooses one of the legendary dogs and and that's how it's based on it's absolutely stupid absolutely stupid uh but and yeah, Gen 3 was a time. Gen 3 was absolutely a trip. If you did not use XD in Coliseum, you were not finishing that Pokedex very easily. <laughs> it was um it was very gross. Because even then, like even if you didn't, you there were no good ways to get Ho and Lugia because there was just an event for it. And the events in Gen 3 were bad. 
like distribution wise because i think the only place you can go get like the aura ticket and the rainbow pass or something not the rainbow pass that's the actual one it's the aura ticket and something else was to actually go to the new york city pokemon center it was a pokemon center at the time yeah i remember when it was you get the distribution uh that way and that i mean nobody went because it was a pokemon center in new york hey i went to that pokemon center in new york not for that, but I've been there. <laughs> I'm still waiting, by the way. If anybody has a GBA Game Shark slash action replay, my, my Twitter handle's at Trainer Thatch. Uh, <laughs> St- still asking for that? <laughs> uh, somebody all, somebody said they had one this week. I forget his name, or I'd give him a shout out. Um, and he got upset because when he plugged it into his Game Boy, it didn't turn on, which is a common problem with them. Ah, it, It's a very common problem because like, I, I have one. And that's the problem with mine. I can't get it to work. And like, I've cleaned the contacts and done all of the maintenance I possibly could, and it still won't boot up. So, like, I've been, I've been like prowling like eBay auctions and stuff like that. Um, but these are desirable, man. These are like super desirable. And uh, I, I want to get one, but I want to get one for like under eighty dollars. Like, that's kind of like where I'm tipping. So, again, if you have one, and my Twitter handle at Trainer Thatch, <laughs> or DM me on Discord, I welcome that DM. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good place to stop. We have a little bit of news to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and kick it on over to the news. So let's cue that epic music. Welcome to the news. In the news, we have a few things. Not a lot because it's only been a couple days, but it's more than I would expect for a couple days. They announced some serial code distributions for the new Pokemon movie, Coco. And this one's a little bit different because instead of one code, there's two. Uh, And if you pre-book the tickets in Japan, not in the US, I want to make that clear. I couldn't believe it. I saw Joe's Twitter, Joe Merrick, uh, the runner, the owner of Cerebi. I was looking at his Twitter. And I saw a bunch of people like, when are we getting U.S. dates? And like, it makes me facepalm because it's just like, you haven't been here long enough to know. (laughs) You haven't been here long enough to know. We don't get that until like the summer, maybe. You get a fun uh, CGI movie, though, on Netflix. Uh, Not until like a year after it comes out. I couldn't believe that either. But uh, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Right now, if you pre-book, you can get a code for Shiny Celebi and Zarude. Not just Zarude, Shiny Celebi. You can download the Shiny Celebi beginning on April 17th, while Zarude's code does not become active until June 15th. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of exciting. A Shiny Celebi is kind of cool. I'm into it. It's a nice little spring present. I, I'm into it. I mean, because the only way to get one now is through the Crystal Virtual Console. <laughs> yeah. There's also talk that uh, because it's being distributed on June 15th, that that might be the day the uh, DLC drops, just because they'll update it with the remit. That's 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 good speculation though. I like that. That's better than normal speculation. I stole it from Serapy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the max raid battles have finally shifted. We we I think we talked about it. No, we didn't talk about it on the show because it came out after that. Uh, they, we're going to get Gengar, Machamp, and Snorlax is returning to raids, and this is going to run until March twenty fifth. I figured this was going to happen. We were going to get like some some like uh, what's the word? Uh, we were we were going to get some like best hits out of this and and that's exactly what happened we got some best hits like snorlax came back i i know we have like three more months after this until dlc comes out 
So we're probably not going to get anything new until then. And even then, I don't even know how many Gigantamax Pokemon we're going to get. I feel like it's going to be a disappointingly low amount. It's going to be like Blastoise, Venusaur, and like the three Galar starters. Well, and um, Urshifu. So we got seven coming technically yeah. already. But Urshifu's I mean, not, not going to be in raids. Urshifu's not going to be in raids, though. N- well, no, no. It's not going to be there. Um, I'm hoping for more Gigantamax that aren't uh, Gen 1 or 8. There are not many of those. Uh, there's yes, one more Garboders. So, well, I guess there's, I don't know. It depends on how you lump in Melmetal. It's not consistent whatsoever because I don't think the Pokemon <laughs> company knows what to do with Melmetal in general. I really just don't think they know what to do because it's listed in, in Pokemon home. It's listed in like the unknown regions. Um, and then it gets let, it got lumped into generation eight Pokemon during the voting. And then in the numbering in the code, it's lumped in with gen seven Pokemon. And like, I just don't, I don't think the Pokemon company knows what Melmetal is whatsoever. It's just a Pokemon that exists outside of generations. This is really weird thing. He's from generation go. That's, (laughs) that's the right answer, unfortunately. And then, uh, unfortunately, if you had plans to go to the St. Louis Safari zone at the end of March, that was canceled due to, uh, the scare, uh, well, not the scare, but due to concerns of COVID-19. Uh, which is unfortunate. So COVID-19 has, seems to have shut down uh, shut down that access, um, which is unfortunate. They did come up with new, um, what's what's it called? They did come up with like a new way. They think they might be able to pass out to people who got tickets um, to be able yeah. to do something, um, which isn't bad. You can't get a refund up until March 26th. And if you don't cancel, you will get a Safari Zone encounter and some special research. So if you wanted the event for the event's sake and you didn't care about socializing, you still you still get it. Okay, so honestly, honestly, if they sold me tick, can I buy tickets still for this? Because I'd much, I, I, I'd much rather do this. I'm not gonna lie, because my my biggest problem was like all the Saturday tickets were sold out by the time I could do it, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm like, well, I don't want to drive all the way to St. Louis. It's a six hour drive for me, um, and then go and do it on like a Sunday from like t- noon to six, because then I'll get home at like midnight. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then I have to go to work the next day. Hearing this, I'm like, yeah, can I just buy? So I'll buy those Sunday tickets if they're still available. I'll buy the Sunday tickets. It sounds like a fun enough social event, but like sometimes you just want the event rewards. And so I'd, maybe I'll pay some money for that. I mean, if, it, if, it, if it's possible for to buy it, I'll buy it. Like, no joke. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it. Um, I, I think it's I think it's definitely worth doing. Uh, I do think it's it, I think it's just very important to also because we talked about this last episode and I don't want to feel like we're we're like really going over there. But just wash your hands. Please just wash your hands. That's all. Uh, that, that's where Thatch is going. That, that, that's Thatch's <laughs> public health announcement for the day. Don't buy up masks. Other people need them. <laughs> yeah, just just wash your hands. 20 seconds. Hot water. Like you just just do it. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, finally, just as like a reiteration, don't forget March 26th to April 9th, you can register for the 2020 International April Challenge, and you can uh, you can get that Great Ball shirt, Great Ball Guy shirt, if you go into the event between April 10th and 12th. I'm fine with that being like a thing throughout Gen 8 is a new ball guy for each little event. Like, you know, you go through the Ultra mm-hmm. Ball and the Master Ball, and then we start getting some of the special balls, like maybe you get like a Heavy Ball Mr. Guy, or Heavy Ball Guy? Heavy Ball Guy, Love Ball Guy. Friend ball guy. Collect them all. I'm down for it. <laughs> but when does it give us the hat? When do we get to wear the mask? I don't know. That's unfortunate. <laughs> you get to wear that to your next uh your next anime convention, Oshawa. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> we should we should get together for one of those, by the way, at some point. This is like a 
Just like throwing that out there. Oh, we can all dress as a different ball guy. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I've never known I wanted something more in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then finally, uh, last but not least, uh, we're going to have our, we finished our Twitter giveaway. I already announced the winners actually last week. Um, just as a heads up, we're probably going to do more of those in the future. That one went really well, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, PFTT signup should be available by the time this comes out. They're not out now, but they should be. <laughs> it's for VGC, VGC. Our PFTT is our annual, uh, VGC tournament. Uh, PFTT stands for prepare for trouble tournament. Uh, and because it's prepare for trouble, make it doubles. Haha. <laughs> That's just funny. Um, <laughs> it's a it, it's it's a fun time, uh, but yeah, you're allowed to bring rental teams. It's a good time. Signups are going to be going on until March 28th, and then we're going to start doing Swiss after that, um, the week of March 30th. And we really like doing these. So if you want to get into a puckle tournament and have some fun, this is a great opportunity to do so. VGC this year is a lot of fun. It's got a lot of variety, at least until Incineroar takes over, and it's a uh, it, it's good. I, I'm a fan. He hasn't been overwhelming so far. Not yet. Not yet. I think they. I think there's. I think Corviknight honestly really does help. Corviknight helps. Braviaries loving it. Dynamax helps too. Yes. He, yes, it does. Just the, the fact you can like avoid that. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, that does help. Uh, yeah. So it's a fun time. I would definitely suggest it. Uh, but on that note, I think that's all of the news we have to cover as of right now. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and kick it on over to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon knowledge. And welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon knowledge. P. McGee and Oshawott are going to be operating together as a team today to get answer five Pokemon tri- theme trivia questions provided to you by our Discord server. Uh, Discord link is in the show notes, as always, so you can go submit your own trivia to try to stump our co-hosts. Um, P. McGee and Oshawott have these five questions, each worth one point apiece. Unfortunately, one of those questions is worth more than that. Well, or fortunately, whichever. They're in a race <laughs> against their fellow co-host in a race to 30 points. Whoever gets there first gets $20 of credit to some online store with Pokemon merchandise. Haven't decided which one yet. Probably PokemonCenter.com. Um, I like that. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, and so they also have a lifeline and a hint that they can use. However, if they get all the questions correct without using the hint, there's a maximum possible total of seven points as they cash it in for an extra point. Uh, Oshawott, unfortunately, not being a member of the uh, regular cast, he gets to donate his points to whichever co-hosts who aren't Pimicky that he would like this week. <laughs> um, so I, I just I want to make that a thing if that if there's like a not normal person on just so they can they can feel good about it. Uh, but wow, did guys, you just call me not normal? Yeah. Um, I'm offended. I've met, I've, I've met you. So, <laughs> so on that note, on that note, this segment is brought to you by AnimeGravy.com, your one-stop shop for anything anime-related, art-wise. These guys are fantastic. I definitely recommend that you go to AnimeGravy.com and pick up a really cool item today. On that note, though, our first question comes from Liger, and he wants to know: In Generation One, what was the most common four times weakness? It might 
It could be Bug, because in Generation 1, Bug hit Poison for super effective. And so all the Grass Poisons are quad weak to Bug. Um, I'm going to trust you with what you think here, because I do not know original Gen 1 at all. Okay. Um, well, because I'm thinking about it. So we have the, the Bulbasaur line, that's three. The Bellsprout line, that's three. The Oddish line, that's three. You have the Paris line, um, so that's another two. So we're already up to 11. Is there more grass poisons I'm not aware of that I'm forgetting for Gen 1? Beecherill is in grass poison. No, he's no. bug poison. Uh, grass poison. Did we do the victory bill line? Yep. Okay. So that's 11. Um, there was a decent amount of water weaknesses, but I don't know a bunch of quad ones. Um, so I'm feeling okay about bug right now, but I'm not like, oh, but poison also hit bug and Ah, that's not as bad. Never mind. Um, yeah. Bug's actually catching my interest right now, but I'm not positive. Going down the other you- list, I'm trying to think in my head. Uh, I- I'm I'm cool with Bug. I can't think of anything else. Uh, with- Alright. Um, so, we'll say Bug. Bug is correct with 11 yes. Pokemon doubly weak to it. So you got them all. Woo. You got it. You got it. So that's one for one. That's my, my first general question I got right from trivia. I'm very happy been a rough i have a token point now <laughs> uh all right so this next question comes from claude nine um i guess i'll give you a plus or minus two on this just so you like have a range what is the most common level for a pokemon to evolve at so 16 ish is gonna stick out because it's where most of the starters kick in i'm looking uh, at well that. As- also thinking in my head uh all the bug types that evolve pretty early on they back off of that a little bit after Gen 3, don't they? True. They had up to 3, and then they had 6, 5. Those all had early bugs. I think starters, because we have every generation, there's 3 starters that all evolve around level 16. Um, I'm I'm good with 16. 16 sounds correct. 16 or 18, okay. but I... We'll blowball it at 16, because I don't think the answer is 20, and we have a plus or minus 2. So 16 still keeps us at 18. Uh, 16. So we'll say 16. 16 is unfortunately incorrect. The answer is actually level 30. There are 27 oh, Pokemon that evolve at level 30. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I can think of Feraligator, Ampharos. Um, ah, there's, there's definitely a lot of Pokemon that evolve at level 30. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second stages. Yeah, there's a lot of them that just evolve there. So unfortunately, that's incorrect. Uh, but you oh, guys well. are still one for two. This next question is your Pokedex entry, as always. This is from N on the Discord, N Harmonia. Its Pokedex Y entry reads, It absorbs solar entry. Uh, it absorbs solar energy during the day. Always expressionless. It can sense what its foe is thinking. I'm pretty sure this is Solrock. Um, mostly because we had a joke about it a while back, and I read some of his Pokedex entries afterwards. And oh. so... <laughs> My inclination is Soul Rock, uh, just because of what's that? What's the guy's name in the raid battles? Martin. Martin. Uh, that is Martin. Yeah. Martin. Good old Martin with his um, cosmic power Soul Rock. Yes. Doing work. Yep. Uh, Soul Rock is correct. Woo! Uh, so you guys are nice. two for three. You guys have uh, you guys have missed a question. Unfortunately, um, I'm still operating on last week's trivia page. So I only have uh, so many questions, so you don't get a redemption point, unfortunately. Oh, no. Uh, I know. How will I catch up without one? 
Uh, I don't know. This one is pretty timely, though. I actually like this one. This one's from Trainer Sleeves. In Mystery Dungeon DX, what are the only two Pokemon you can play as slash have as a partner that know a Dragon-type move? Oh, I feel like... I feel like Charmander is one Dragon Breath. I feel like maybe... That feels very, very right. Um, Yeah, so that's, that's one of them. Um... What would the other be? It, it, it was starting partners, right? Or was it just partner? Or was it just Pokemon in general? Uh, starting, partner, starting ones. Start, so like, yeah, it's the it's the starting ones. Hmm. So Dragon Breath, Dragon. You do you do have oh, a hint oh, as well? Would Machop, would Machop have like Dual Chop or something? No, I don't think that got great distribution, so I don't think he has that. We probably should use the hint though, because I I'll take my chances at a base deck question. Uh, both gotcha. of these both of these Pokemon have Mega Evolutions of the Dragon type. So Charizard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that feels pretty good. Um, who are the other starters? Um, we don't get... Marif's not a starter. No, it wouldn't be any oh, of the... Oh, Trico. It's Trico. Which makes sense, because Trainer Sleeves profile pictures of Trico right now. <laughs> Those two. Trico and Charmander. Trico and Charmander are correct. Trico gets Dragon Breath, and Charmander gets Dragon Rage. So good job there, guys. You guys got you guys are you guys are now four for four again. Question number five is your base deck question as always. And this one is from Shark Finnegan. What dark type Pokemon has the highest base speed of all dark type Pokemon? Weavile's a contender. I was thinking Weavile too. Uh what else is there? This includes four changes. Yeah. Um, so there's Absol to consider. I don't know how fast Mega Absol gets. Is is Morpco fast at all? I thought that was a thing that happened. He's only like base 97. He's not above 100. I thought it might have gone up when it switched forms, but I might just be misinformed. No, no. When Aura Wheel get, when he uses Aura Wheel, his speed goes up by one stage. So that's, I think, what you're thinking of. Um, so I don't think it's Morpeko. Um, form change, form change, or Mega Evolution. So Mega Absol... It's making me consider that. Um, what other dark types get Mega? Do we know? Uh, oh, Greninja? Greninja? Ash Greninja? It's probably Greninja. I'm thinking it might be Ash Greninja, because that's a speedy boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I'm I'm leaning towards that. I can't think of anything else that would outspeed that. No, I'm good with Ash Greninja, so we'll say Ash Greninja. Ash Greninja is correct uh, there you guys go that is five for five so oshawa you can tell me how you want to distribute your points uh how many do i have five five you have five points who would you like to give them to i'm gonna give i'm gonna give three to basket who's in last place and i'm gonna give two to jushiro who's second to last place because i'm a nice person perfect okay that changes up the standings Ashwat, I hope you know that you've ruined the game. And yes. <laughs> in first place, already. <laughs> in first place, we have Linian with 19 points, followed up by Sigma with 15 points. P. McGee is now in third with 14 points. Ooh. Seth Vilo is in fourth with 11. Whimsicott is in fifth with 10. Sublime and Scrawn are tied with nine in sixth place. In eighth place. Uh, we have tied Jushiro and Basket with seven points. And in 10th place, we have Dr. Shamu with six. It's still anybody's game. We have a long way to go. 
So on that note, join us next week for more Puckle Pokemon trivia. And we're going to go ahead and take a short break and be right back at you with the topic. We have one more iTunes review for you this week. It is from Goxa. He says, great fun, five stars. I have listened to and watched many Pokemon things before the release of Sword and Shield, but this podcast is the only one I still keep up with. It is especially fun because of the colorful roster of co-hosts and the best segment where I can learn new things about Pokemon. PokeQuiz. Well, thank you. And if you'd like to leave a review for us on the show, we will probably read it. So go over to iTunes or wherever you watch or listen to the show and leave us a review or a comment. We'd really like to hear from you. Uh, on with the show, though, and on to the topic. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX, the remake of the original Pokemon Red and Blue Mystery Dungeon teams. So I've played probably about two hours of it now with Oshawa holding my hand. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've only gotten to the part where you can recruit Pokemon, which is, I mean, first of all, you can recruit Pokemon much faster than you can complete the tutorial in Super Mystery Dungeon. Um, I will, I will yes. say that. I also think it's just a much better like game flow than Super Mystery Dungeon uh, because like you do like one introductory dungeon. They tell you like, oh, here's the board where you can go get it, get more dungeons if you want, and then you can go and play. And that, yeah. I, I love that. That's perfect. That's all I need, and they easy into it. Um, I'm also a really big fan of like games that have moments where like you have to just do menial like gameplay. Uh, I really like that. I mean, this is for my two hours of of the game. I brought you guys here because you're the experts. I want to hear your opinions. Overall, I think it's much better than Super Mystery Dungeon. Um, I did. I, I should say that I did play these a little bit when I was younger. Like my, I had Blue Rescue Team. My brother had Red Rescue Team at the time. It was it was a good time. So that said, I don't remember anything about Blue and Red Rescue Teams. And so I want to ask you guys a question about that. Um, was there actually a difference between Red Rescue Team and Blue Rescue Team? They were on DS yes. versus GBA. Other but... than that, other than that, though, there were different starters. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head okay. which were. But I do remember there were new starters in blue. And then okay. there were some differences between the Pokemon distributions in each one. So you okay. could get some exclusive ones in red and you could get some exclusive ones in blue. But there was yeah, no yeah, crossover. Yeah. That's that just how it was. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's yeah, all I so wanted to know. Typical Pokemon. Yeah, that's all I wanted to know. So, <laughs> without <trimming. laughs> so uh, because I've already given my thing, this is literally just me asking you questions about the game. Uh, because that's all this is. <laughs> um, so I know P. McGee's played Mystery Dungeon DX far longer than Oshawott has at this point. Um, yeah, I probably so, put 20 hours in. Is that how long you would say? Take, how long would you say the story takes? So I think you could probably get through the whole story in around 14 to 16 hours. I was doing a lot of where I would stockpile like six to eight missions for a dungeon and then go and do that dungeon. And then yeah. the story would try to move me along, but I'd go do more dungeons anyway just yeah. to kind of get my rank up and get some more items. So if you were putting a regular effort, it's probably like a 14 to 16 hour. Mm -hmm. And that's, and the weird thing about this, cause like I just finished the story, but like there's like the starting bar where it shows like all the bosses you've beaten. Yeah, yeah. I've beaten five of like, like the 15 bosses on there. So I've Ooh. not really gotten that far in the game. That's not bad. Even, even though I've beaten like the official, like end of story mode mm -hmm. bit. There's still a lot to do. That's a lot of content. I mean, I, I mean, to be fair, like this feels like it was almost a straight remake to an extent of, mm -hmm. of those games. And so they did a very good job in uh, maintaining that because there's there's a difference between games that were made in the 2000s versus games made in the 2010s. And oh, yeah. I find that to be that I, not that devs cared more, but they put more end game content in. They weren't like, oh, you're going to play this game, do the main story, and then you're going to be done. Wait, which is the mentality of a lot of people now? 
Well, one comparison I was going to make to it uh, in recent memory is the Link's Awakening remake. Because uh, that followed a similar trend of how it's almost a one-for-one remake, and the only changes they really made were um, technical ones. So, like, there's a lot of gameplay. Uh, I would say improvements in this. So, like, uh, the button mapping is a lot better. Like, like you can just press a button and it shows where all your moves are, as opposed to having to, like, select one move, and then you have to select a different move if you want to make that your mm-hmm. main quick move. Um, there's just a lot of... Uh, quality of life improvements but they kept the same essence of what the game is so yeah uh yeah that, that's nice i i'm as someone who like enjoys gaming history and just mm-hmm. like preserving it this is an interesting way to do it and i enjoy that just remaking the game and making it look more uh visually appealing and making it more approachable for new players yeah yeah I will definitely say having, cause I was very unsure about the artistic style when I first saw the, like the announcement trailer and some of the gameplay. I've really come to like it having played enough time in it now. It doesn't feel like jarring like it did off the, you know, off the introduction. And it, there's some of the cutscenes are beautiful. I don't think you've gotten, you haven't gotten to some of them yet, but like, uh, there's this really cool thing with like Rayquaza when you get farther in the game and there's some other really fun ones as well. I know the Skarmory was a nice little touch. Like early on, you run into Skarmory and that's a cool little animation bit. So they okay. they have a lot of cool like visual overhaul going on, and I'm really on board with it after playing a lot of hours. Yeah, okay. if we can't have like art, this is this is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I think it's interesting. I don't know. I, it, definitely the games that got like mediocre reviews, which honestly I expected, just because is this going to be a full remake? Mm-hmm. They they weren't going to sugarcoat it. They weren't going to add anything really, right? They just went ahead and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but like they, they, they just made the same game and it's, it's definitely not for everybody, but I'm kind of into it as kind of like a brainless game for most of the mechanics. Well, and I think that's part of kind of where most of the critique comes from for these games is they have a very grindy feel mm-hmm. where getting through dungeons, especially as you get to ones that are 20 and longer and, you know, post game, there's dungeons that are 99 floors. It feels very grindy. And they didn't really answer that question with the remake. They didn't try to like change it up. They gave you like an easy mode where you can go on autopilot and then you basically just press A until you show up at the staircase and then you go up the staircase and keep going. So that was kind of their solution to try to make it a little easier, more convenient to play. But that didn't get rid of the grindy aspect, which I think is where most people have criticisms. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a scenario where you're either going to love it or you're either going to hate it. Mystery Dungeon games have always scored low. Like, I personally think Explorers of Sky is one of, like, my favorite games of all time. I think it's a great game. 4.9 for my GN. So they've historically never done that well. Um, But if if you really like the gameplay, um, I think it's a game for you. If if you play the demo, which you can download if you're unsure if you want to buy it or not, and you're not super into the gameplay that is a large chunk of it so mm-hmm. and by pokemon standards these are some of the best stories that they have told that that's absolutely games. true that's actually true i'm not gonna lie. i mean if we if if we put it within the perspective of pokemon alone um these games do a really good job i mean dx is solid um and then obviously the explorers ones are the absolute best stories you know maybe outside of like gen 5 you so know, those are so, really well thought of stories so i actually do have a comment because the 
I, I think the pacing of these stories is done very well at the same time because I can't I can't really get into like super like st- concentrated stories, right? Like I, I played mm-hmm. Octopath Traveler, for example. And in Octopath Traveler, you have a lot of moments where the game really shoves a lot of story together all at once because it, it's essentially D&D and you have like everything story. And, and that's really what they're using as their crutch. But like in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, it's like, oh, there's a good story and there's gameplay. And I think that's something that's kind of gotten lost in the mix of just games in general in in the past uh, few years. And it, it, like I was saying, like, I like that I can go and I can just play the game in between like story segments. It's a good flow. I mean, because you'll do a couple dungeons, you'll do a couple dungeons, you'll get some story elements, you'll do a couple dungeons, you'll get some story elements, and they'll give you story elements, but you don't necessarily have to engage with those immediately. You can go do more dungeons if you don't want to just keep jumping mm-hmm. right back into the story. So it's nice that you can, because I mean, Pokemon's the same way in the main series, you know, you can obviously not progress forward, but this just has a nice pace to it, I have found. It's almost like um, if you've watched any like animes or anything, the arcs they have um it, it's like that where it's like they're sort of connected but they're all their own individual stories which is nice for like naturally pacing your gameplay sessions i find it's like mm-hmm. oh i finished the story beat now i'm gonna stop playing the game <laughs> and come back to it tomorrow yeah 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 i think that's what you were saying in the discord you were like yeah this is like a really great game if you do one story element a day and you move on like it's a really comfortable playthrough because you don't feel burnt out from a grind I'm really into it. Like, I, I really like the, the, I don't know. I'm into the idea. I, I just want to see. So I guess the next question is because I, I hear that Explorers of the Sky is always a better game. Is it better than the remake mm-hmm. of DX? Because I know there are some changes. Like, yeah. I think you have more than one move now. You have like, or more than two moves now. You have like four um, from my playthrough. You have four moves like on your, on your Pokemon. In the original, it used to be two though, right? Or what was it? I think it's always been four. Has it? Okay. Maybe I missed Well, no. No, because I, I replayed the first one very recently. Uh, oh, please explain. Oh, the very first one. Okay. Yes, please explain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Um, it, it's like the change you'd have between old Pokemon and new Pokemon, where it's like, now you have Leafage, or you start mm. with Ember and Water Gun instead of, you know, it, it's not a huge change. It's just, you start a little more powered up, so you don't okay. have to just press tackle all the time. Okay, that makes sense. I, yeah, I'm into that's it. what I mean. I'm into yeah. that though. That was that was like a net positive change in Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that too, they got rid of the basic attack in this game, which is a it's a weird. If you've played enough of them, it's a weird change at first because you usually use you're trying to preserve PP moves that mm-hmm. like consume because it wasn't very easy to find like ethers and elixirs in the old yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they are bountiful in this game, so they really compensated for that well. Though you have to always use a move that requires PP, but you're always finding ethers and elixirs, so it's not a really huge mm. deal. It's just a, it's just a mechanic change you have to get used to. Yeah, but I it's like, like with the, it's like the change they made with the old games too, where uh, you used to not be able to just push your partner; you would always switch positions with them. Mm. Okay, it's just the next you know big change for Mystery Dungeon. Oh man, you can push instead of walk through. What I know. Right? Change. <laughs> what an intense change. We've come a long way. Yes. We've, yeah. the, the years of progress that have been made in these moments uh, based on pushing your partner. <laughs> They've done a nice, a lot of nice little things. Another thing I really like that they did, um, because they, these games, the originals were only Gens 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Gen 4 introduced a lot of evolutions to Pokemon from Gen 1, 1 2, and 3. And so they incorporated those in that. So even though... 
you can't get pretty much anything from Gen 4 and beyond. You can still get evolutions like Gallade, Frostless, Licky Licky, um, and even Sylveon, which is really nice so that you can fully evolve a Pokemon that's supposed to fully evolve later on. So that's a nice little bit they added for this. Yeah. Alongside Mega Evolution, which is cool that it's back, but also you barely use it. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I uh, just didn't find them yet, because I'm only like five hours in. Um, but did they get rid of a lot of orbs, like escape orbs? And No, no, they're all bountiful. Um, you start. Fi- I think you're at the point where you start finding them, to be honest, because you, like I had an escape orb and then all of a sudden I had 30 orbs just <laughs> everywhere again. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. because um, because the orbs and uh, the items are like a big part of Mystery Dungeon. I was worried they were oversimplifying, but I also might just be remembering wrong the pacing of the first group. I'm a lot more familiar with the second one. You're definitely more nostalgic for this one than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of simplifying, though, I like what they did with rare qualities as opposed to like some of the IQ stuff they had with uh, gummies from the old games. Um, because mm-hmm. the rare qualities is very easy to wrap my mind around what's going on and how to use them. And there's quite a bit of like interesting strategy. I'm going to try to like utilize as I'm tackling some of those like long 99 floor dungeons. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how I can use some of these qualities and some of the Pokemon that get them. Okay. Uh, I enjoy those a lot more than the IQ system. The IQ system made it very tedious to like get a good it- Pokemon. It was very complicated and it was, you know, for like a 14 year old or 10 year old when I first started with this, it was very hard to wrap your mind around what's going on with those. But this, like they explain what it does, they explain how it helps and they explain how to change it. And it's very simple. And I like that. Yeah. 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 My, my slight issue with the game so far, it's a very small gripe. It's just, I, I feel like those tutorials and easy or uh, the push to make you understand the game mechanics are a little too pushful. Mm hmm. Not, not not in like it gives you tutorials, but in like I can't ever turn off how to play at the bottom right. <laughs> That's just there. For that. <laughs> um, I, I just wish there were more UI toggles between that. And, uh, my other issue was uh, the map uh, now show where all the enemies are, which yeah. you used to have to get an item to show you that, but now it just shows where the roaming enemies are, and you can kind of easily ma- uh, maneuver them. Yeah. Because that makes some of the that makes dungeons a lot easier because you could always see where like the lost Pokemon or the lost item is when you get to a floor. So when you're mm-hmm. doing the missions, it's just a lot easier now. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's a little more convenient. It saves me on some Apple space because like the hunger mechanic is very tough to work around sometimes. Um, yeah. And so I, I like that I'm not like wandering a whole floor looking for the one item that I'm supposed to find. Like I just know where it is and I just have to get there. But then that kind of makes the game a little easier. So I'm mixed on that part of it. Yeah, I, I just wish it's the same thing with the EXP share in Shield. It's like I, I wish it was a toggle option because you can turn mm-hmm. off the map, but I also still want the map. Like I wanted to map out where I've been. I just don't exactly. want to see spoilers for places I haven't been. <laughs> but you've played the game before. Uh, it's different every time. Thatch a mystery dungeon is always different. Oh god! Don't start this. <laughs> don't start this nonsense. <laughs> it's an unlimited game. It never ends. It never ends. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, yeah, party time. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> going like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'll just accept it that you know what you're talking about more than I do. Um, because like, <laughs> we I can mean, just be making up them. 
Well, I think this is like <laughs> this has just been an interesting game, and like I've been meaning to play Explorers of Sky. So like so from so transitioning from this Explorers of Sky, like how easy would that be? Um. So and like, what I am think... I missing out? What would I be missing out on, or what would I be getting improvements or? Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of um, just overall. It, it's harder in different ways. You know, like like the one big change I can think of in this game between that game is uh, if your partner faints in this game, you can keep going. Uh, okay. In the old game, if either you or your partner faint, you're done and you're just kicked out of the dungeon. Okay. Uh, so there's more challenge there. This one's a lot more forgiving um it it is just a lot of like those small changes to make the game a little bit easier here or there Mm -hmm. uh so it would be the difference between playing pokemon shield and playing gen 5 i would think okay like like, difficulty wise so it's a little bit harder but it's still a pokemon game Mm -hmm. i like their dungeon layout stuff they have going on more with explorers of sky because it's more like you do 10 to 15 floors and you get a break um, like there's like a break room with like the Kangaskhan storage. And yeah, so yeah. you feel like you have, it's more, it's more segmented, which makes it less of a grind because like, I don't think you've gotten there yet, but there's, um, mid-ish way through the game. You have to get towards ground on and that's a 24 for 24, oh, 24 floor, like grind to get there. And you face some, you start to run out of items towards the end of that, just because of where you're at in terms of what you have on you in storage. I'm into that, that though. I'm into that kind of stuff though. Like resource resource management games are a lot of fun. Oh, they're fun. Except when you if you go faint on floor twenty two and you mm-hmm. have to restart entirely. Okay. That's not so fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because in the in Explorers of Sky, like you'll get like fifteen floors up, you'll get a break, and then so if you die ten floors up again, you'll just kind of go back to that checkpoint. It's not as soul crushing. Okay. Yeah, I um, remember Sky Tower being very rough in this game. I don't know how it is in DX. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I heard it's beautiful. Though. I heard that it's a really good graph. <laughs> the, the Rayquaza stuff that, like, the Rayquaza animation stuff that's going on is, like, spectacular. I really like that because yeah. I, I, I love a good animation and they really got some good animations going on with that. I, I've spoiled myself on some of the music tracks just because I love some. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Five Legends, old time classic. That is that is so good. So so is the music updated compared to that? Like obviously for like the GBA game, yeah, yes. But how about like the DS music? Um, what, what do you mean? Like it, how did they redo it? Did they update it for DX? Update the music? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it, it's a mix, so it's kind of like yeah. still GBA sounds, but also other parts are orchestrated. I I just have this like really bad like affinity for eight bit music that I really miss. Like I really miss eight bit music. Yeah, I, I'm going to compare it to Link's Awakening again, because it did a similar thing with the soundtrack, where it modernized it, but it kept some, like, 8-bit tones in there, mm-hmm. just just to, like, balance it out and make it still feel kind of retro. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Which I, I, like, like. I, like retro, I like retro music. It, it really, like, has a good feel. I mean, I was a big... I, I was just really happy back in Gen 4, um, when they put the GB sounds in into the Heart Gold Soul Silver. Like I was a big fan of that. Like I was a huge proponent. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm very happy now that you can like buy the full soundtracks, um, except for like mere beast theme. You can't buy that anywhere. That's just, no. uh, that's a classic <laughs> loss to time. Uh, but it's, I uh, but I, yeah, 
Uh, I, I I like that I can purchase it though, and like, and I no, you can't stream it. You can't stream it on Spotify, unfortunately, but you can <laughs> you can buy it on iTunes, which is which is good. I guess maybe iTunes Music lets you do it. I don't know though. I I'm I'm a Spotify guy, not a iTunes Music guy. But uh, but overall, I, I think my impressions of this game are just that it's very, uh, it, it's what I expected from the trailer, which isn't downplaying it at all because mm-hmm. I still very much enjoy it. It's just. I I played this game before. It, it's just a modernized version of it, so that's why I'm really taking my time with it, and I'm not really in a rush mm. to complete it. Um, I, I it's very enjoyable. It's just I I played it before, so you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying just not rushing through to not get spoiled. Uh, I know that's not true for most people who haven't played it before, but for me personally, I, I'm just I'm just going for the long ride. Yeah, I I think. I don't know. It depends on how well this goes. I don't know what the sales sales are for this yet. Obviously, um, I I really do want to know though what the actual numbers like are for this game because I, I we talked about it a lot last week, obviously. But I w- really want to know if this bodes well for real spinoffs to come back again. And yeah, not I mean games. that's that's like the larger question at play here whether or not you care about pokemon mystery dungeon if you're like a pokemon fan you should be excited about its existence because that i think so because it was a four-year gap pretty much from when pokemon go launched to now like there was just nothing for side games on console or Mm -hmm. uh, handheld and so this is a very good development whether or not you love this series um obviously like it's meaning they're opening the door again to looking at these kind of things so i'm hoping the sales numbers are at least respectable i don't know what respectable means for a side game for pokemon i don't know i would say if this sold like a couple million units like a million or two units i feel like that would be enough to warrant the existence of more it is currently the second best selling game on the eShop right now i don't know what that means i don't know what that means but that's okay what's the number one uh, I think it's Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. I that can't makes really, that can't makes argue sense. with that. Well, I thought I thought March was like a pretty good month. Uh, in in general, like I don't buy a lot of video games, and this month I'm buying two. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I feel I bought Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, and I'm buying Animal Crossing, and so like I'm buying. It, it's a good month for video games. I was it really is. Got moved to April, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was a good time on their part because it's long enough after Sword and Shield that people are all maybe a little exhausted from that, and they but they still want to play a Pokemon game, and so this is like a good like holdover until yeah, the DLC. I think so. I, I, I yeah, I agree with that. They timed it out well. They, this was a very good time to do it, like you guys said. I'm very happy they did it right now. I'm very much enjoying the game. Um, you know, it's exactly what I to maybe its own detriment. It's exactly what I expected this game to be, and so I'm on board with it because I was on board with it 15 years ago. Yeah, but. If you weren't on board with it before, maybe it's not so easy now. I would it's really like, like to... Um, oh, go ahead, Oshawa. Oh, I was just going to say, it's a very safe... If they want to justify making uh, console spinoffs again, it's a very safe title to put out. to get oh, support yeah. from people. Uh, and I personally... Um, uh, I would have bought this game regardless, but part of me buying it full price uh, opening first day is that I really do want to see more from spinoffs and specifically mystery dungeon because mystery dungeon has been pretty quiet for a while we haven't had a game in five years so i mean uh, to be fair like all the spinoffs have died though which is yeah yeah unfortunate i mean i would love to see more i think they could do more i think you do something more like kind of like pokemon ranger but not exactly like the mechanics of pokemon ranger but something where you step into 
um, other roles in the Pokemon universe outside of Pokemon trainers. And I think they finally stopped trying to emulate uh, Pokemon Go and realized that they wouldn't get a second one. <laughs> so that, yeah. that's a positive. I don't they know. I, back. I would have much rather have had this game in 2018 uh, as our game instead of Let's Go. I think yeah. I think I, I can mm-hmm. hands down say I'd much rather have had this at Christmas time than Let's Go, um, just because it's a much different experience. And I think I'm just kind of tired with Pokemon trying to put out a, a game every year. It looks like at least there won't be one this year, which is really nice. And we're going to get DLC instead. Um, so I do appreciate that. I mean, but come May, maybe they're just like, oh, here's something else, you know. And I'm just here's like, cool. uh, I would be okay with that. That's different. <laughs> Like, I want something different. Like, I don't want Sun and Moon or Sword and Shield. Like, those games draw a lot of parallels for me um, from both games. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think both games are very similar in a lot of ways. And I, I don't want that again. Like, I don't want a cookie cutter. Uh, I like Pokemon. I like the Pokemon cookie cutter. But I think I'm tired of having a cookie every year. Right? I There's want so a, much you can I do want, with the book. I want a Danish, you know? um so so give me a nice pokemon danish and instead of a cookie that's in the same shape and i would be very happy and i think i think this is this kind of fills that gap i i'm gonna play this all the way through and i'll talk more about it as i do it i'll stream some of it so come to twitch.tv slash the puckle podcast if that's something you're into uh but on that note i think we're gonna go ahead and uh end the topic there um i think the game's worthwhile i think we we've all said that obviously i mean this is just in my two hours of playing it but i think it's worthwhile um and uh i don't know if it's 60 dollars worthwhile but i think it's worthwhile um i think if you could justify buying let's go and you're not sure whether or not you want to buy this i think if you were willing to buy that this is a better use of 60 dollars. i think this is better than let's go game i would absolutely agree that this is better than let's go and there's also like i said a demo out so if you're unsure there's that go go play it decide if it's for you yep uh on that note uh, we'll end the topic here and we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back at you with the Pokemon of the episode. We will catch you on the flip flop. Hey guys, Seth Philo cutting in to tell you about something awesome that I've been absolutely loving. Vite Ramen. If you guys know me, you know I have a borderline noodle addiction and part of that love has always been a guilty pleasure for ramen. Well, Vite Ramen is ramen, but get this, it's actually good for you. You heard me right. The guys at Vite Ramen have spent years making ramen that's nutritionally complete, and I absolutely adore it. Each bowl has 30 grams of protein, which is more than your average protein shake, 7 grams of fiber, all 27 key vitamins and minerals that you need, and most importantly, tons of awesome flavor. Oh yeah, and did I mention it still only takes 4 minutes to prepare? It's basically still instant ramen. You can head over to VitRamen.com and pick up soy sauce chicken, garlic pork, and my favorite, vegan miso flavors, as well as handy utensils and other such stuff. And here is the coolest part. At checkout, enter code PUCKLE and you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's P-U-C-L, all caps, for a whopping 10% off. Anyway, I gotta get back to rating and you've got a show to finish. Catch you guys on the flip-flop. And welcome back to uh, Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 777, Togedemaru, the roly-poly Pokemon. When it's in trouble, it curls up into a ball. 
makes its first spikes stand on end and then discharges electricity indiscriminately. Um, so this is kind of a fun, interesting team. Um, I've been playing around with some teams recently as I'm trying to get into VGC. And so I was looking at a couple of sample teams that I was, that I thought would do well in this Incineroar meta that we found ourselves in again. And so I got this one from Slipping Bug, um, who has had some good success with it. And I just liked Braviary a lot. I wanted to find a team that could use him as well. And then this team has a Togo Dumaru, who is just a ton of fun to use and does a great job of uh, just being a nuisance and hard to kill. Um, so we're running around with a Togo Dumaru with like a Focus Sash uh, and a Lightning Rod ability, which helps because we have an electricity problem on our team. And so having a Lightning Rod helps to cover that. He's got Fake Out which will outspeed the incineroars that we run into so we can stop them from doing their thing. Zing Zap uh, for some good flinching. Nuzzle, if we needed to slow any potential sweepers or hard hitters down, get a nice paralysis chance and then some spiky shield shenanigans so that we can do a little bit of damage and keep ourselves alive. And then a weird member on our team, um, he doesn't get used a ton, but he has his moments where he is very helpful. Is a Galarian wheezing with an air balloon. He's running neutralizing gas, which can help prevent some of the intimidates from happening once he's on the field. And then one of his big helpful roles is to taunt and prevent some of the trick room setters from trick rooming. He's also running clear smog to stop any boosts that are happening, protect to keep himself alive. And the strange team is kind of his primary attack and some weird confusion mechanic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is, that is what he does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love, I love Toka Demire, though. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's really good. Who Who's next? Who's next? Is it me or is it you still? I've lost track. I've done my two. Yep. Okay. My grid on. Perfect. So there's also a Gyarados with a salt vest, which is really crazy fun. Um, this one's, this one's a little weird and I, I like it. It's like cool weird because it's waterfall bounce, power whip and earthquake. Um, with adamant nature, which is actually um, really good. Um, I'm really a big fan of this because waterfall bounce and earthquake are pretty straightforward. I mean, it gives you good coverage as standard Gyarados, but power whip is so cool as a tech because Lapras is everywhere and everybody is scared of Lapras. (laughs) And and it gives you a super effective hit on Lapras, though they are running weakness policy now because they're bulky boys and they never die and they set aura veil and it's very scary and sad. Um, so that Gyarados is really cool though. I'm a big fan. Uh, the other one is, that's really, I mean, this, this one I used to run actually back in like gen six, um, or maybe early gen seven. I ran Braviary for a while back then as well because it's got Defiant. And so it's like, it, it was a meta without Bisharp in it, I think. Uh, so, so it was the other Defiant Pokemon and this one's running Citrus Berry, Jolly, Brave Bird, Close Combat, Tailwind, and Protect, which is pretty, I mean, that, that's standard Braviary because you come in, you take the Intimidates from the Incineroar, you get the boost, and then you just do damage and have a good time. And he makes the Gyarados work much better, too, because he can use his uh, Brave Bird as Max Airstream, and so the slow Gyarados can get all the speed he needs to get going. So that's why I like Braviary a lot. And he doesn't care about Incineroar, which is huge. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really appreciate it. I think Braviary is a good mod for this. And his typing's actually really decent now. I mean, uh, fly, flying's just been getting better, I think, over the years. Um, it, it doesn't help that, like, we got things like Max Airstream and, like, Z, the Z-Move last gen. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, that makes flying type just that much better. 
Um, and flying type hits like almost everything neutrally, minus like rock and steel types, which is uh, which is actually a really nice segue to these last two that Ashawat are going to tell us about, or is going to tell us about. Yeah. Uh, so we got an Excadrill Choice Scarf. Uh, got the Mold Breaker, um, and it's a Jolly Nature. It's running Earthquake, Rock Slide, High Horsepower, Iron Head. Uh, it's a little scared of the aforementioned Lapras. Um, am I speaking good, VGC? Yes, yes, you're, 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 you are. You're doing a very good job, buddy. You're doing a very good job. You're talking the Pokemans very well. Good. Because uh, we also have a Duraludon. Uh, uh, it, it's running with your policy, uh, has a stalwart ability, uh, has Dark Pulse, Draco Meteor, Flash Cannon, and Protect. Uh, you know, they those two are the standard ones. You can just kind of chuck them on any team. They're, they're, they're the all reliables this gen. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, P. Mickey, go on. You, you had a bit about how the stalwart works and everything along. Yeah. So it's what's this team doesn't want trick room happening. It's not really well prepared to stop uh, trick room teams from sweeping. So what Duraludon helps to do is prevent some of the follow me shenanigans from bothering you so much because that's what Stalwart does, lets you hold on to your target. And that's one of the reasons he's running Dark Pulse. Um, so on teams you're facing that are going to be using things like, um, usually Dusclops, you can go max, uh, Dynamax, Duraludon and go, uh, max darkness with the Dark Pulse and then something else to help clean up. But, he gets to hit the target he wants to hit, which is always very helpful mm-hmm. uh, when you have follow me going on with a lot of Pokemon right now. Togekiss is running it. I've been running into um, uh, Indeedees that are using mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah. So it's it's nice to have a Pokemon that can just target what it wants to target. It's always appreciated. No, that's that's something that I find is actually really important in VGC is being able to hit mm-hmm. what you actually want to hit. Because I think I think redirection is a very powerful tool. And that's why last week when we were talking about that other VGC team, we were, we were really messing with, um, we were talking about Dusclops with Ally Switch. And I think that's, I think that's a really important component to playing yeah, the game. Absolutely. Just, just being able to target things you're supposed to target. So, that, that, I mean, this is a fun team. It looks good. I still like the other one better, but that's just because it meshes better with my play style. No, I like it more too. I, th- I like the other team more. Um, I've, I've been playing this team for a few weeks now and... Mm-hmm. I really, really want to play the other team. I was talking about it before the show, um, or maybe on the show. I can't even remember at this point. But I am very excited to try that other team is out. But this one's fun as well. I had a good time on this one. I had laddered pretty well with it, so I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. I might steal it for a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a decent team. I mean, Token Tomorrow is also fun. So it, it's just always fun. <laughs> Uh, but on that note, if you want to grab it, it's going to be on the Discord. So go ahead and grab the team, and you can try it out yourself. Uh, on that note, though, we are going to take a change, or just change gears, and we're going to kick it on over to your emails in the mailbag. It's mail time! Send in your emails! And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag is the part of the show where you can send in your emails to pucklepodcast.gmail.com and possibly get them read on the show. This segment's also brought to you by the fictional energy drink, Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. Oshawott. 
It's fine. He ruined his one chance. He ruined his chance. That's how we determine whether or not somebody's ready to be brought up to the show. Um, is just how ready they're able to say hooves. And Oshawott, we have to say you don't, you didn't, you didn't keep up to that, bud. Uh, <laughs> well, back to the discord for me. <laughs> back to the discord for you. Uh, welcome. To, yeah, as I said, this is the part where you can send an email to us and we read it. Uh, we've got a couple of them this week, again, because we've recorded the show so early, not everybody got a chance to get their emails in. Uh, unfortunately, that means we're going to have a lot of unread emails. I apologize in advance. Um, by in advance, we'll I mean nice on home. Tuesday, and uh, you'll hear this on Monday. So <laughs> here we go. Uh, so last week, we wanted to know, I forget even what we asked. This was not that long ago. Um, we wanted to know what you guys thought of um, of spinoffs and what spinoffs you would like to see get remade. And so let's go ahead and jump into this first one from, uh, I guess, Kilby. Uh, I'll grab this one. Hi, Puckle Crew. Kilby here. Before I start, and I know it's a bit late, but I did predict the DLC. Before the DLC was announced, I sent an email about DLC where you took a train to a subregion. Too bad it wasn't read on the show. Well, you don't take a train to a subregion. It's just more parts of the same region. To be fair. Um, <laughs> now, about spinoffs, I think a lot of people would like to see a Pokemon Snap remake. Probably. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't say anything about it on the show. Well, we only have so many minutes. Uh, I think it would be a good excuse for people who played Snap when it was new with their kids so they can talk about how they played it as a kid. That's pretty much all I have to say. So bye for now. Kilby. I'd be into Pokemon Snap remake. I'd be into it. Or like a sequel. I want a sequel. Like a proper sequel. I've never played it. Wow. (laughs) It's a fun two hours. Yes, that's the correct answer. You can you can successfully 100% Pokemon Snap in an afternoon. Huh. You can 100% Pokemon Snap in an afternoon. Yeah. Um it's it's all right though. I mean, I think it's a fun game. Games in my memory like from my childhood like take a lot longer than they actually take. Mostly because I realized as a child like I didn't have long gaming sessions like I do now. And, that and general incompetence. Yeah, general child. incompetence is also there. So like Pokemon Snap Pokemon Snap's one of those games where if you don't if you are incompetent uh, it does take you longer. <laughs> I, I, I'll say that much. It does take you longer. But I mean, I'd be really into it. I don't even think you make that a spinoff game, though, at this point. Like, I see, like, they, they like, kind of shoehorn in that, like, aspect in Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I think, yeah. you, I think you could better shoehorn that into Pokemon Sword and Shield. Like, could you imagine if, like, you're running through the wild area and you, like, pull out a camera? Done. I'd love fix, that. Fix that for you. Like, and you then could, you can take... A- you can take a picture and then it'll give you a uh, fake social media responses like like Sun and Moon. Uh, I, I, wish, I mean, you could post it to your like real social media since the switch is actually connected to Twitter and stuff like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say that's missing is like in Pokemon Snap, I think you had a lot more like living areas for Pokemon to be in mm-hmm. uh, because those living areas um, like like with the Gyarados coming out of the waterfall, for instance, or just anything. I th- I think those are things you would miss out if you did that in the wild area. You'd just be like, oh, I took a picture. I took a screenshot. <laughs> right. Um, I think it would be really interesting if they could put like some pokey spots in where you have Pokemon doing interesting things like in the wild. I mean, essentially, essentially what they did in Sun and Moon, but on Sword and Shield and in the wild area where you could kind of mix those together. Like you can still have the Pokemon in the background in the wild area, but you have like a, an area where you could have something cool happen. Yeah, I feel like... Uh- camp is a good step in that direction like you can play with the camera angles and stuff with that a little bit i would say i would say a little bit but it's not it's pokemon at a camp and not pokemon in the wild right yeah i think that's my only complaint with that i think i would just be happy if most of the n64 games just got ported in as like a virtual console kind of experience like most of them i don't need like a rebuffed version i would just be happy to play them again on my switch 
like yes and no. Yeah, I would. I'd much rather have a sequel. Like, if we're going to talk Pokemon Snap, I'd want a sequel because I want more well, than sure. like the sixty-five Pokemon that were in it. I'll be happy with anything. I mean, I still have my N sixty-four, so I still put it in every now and again. But yeah, I'm. I don't know. I guess I. I would want to see. I, I just want to see a game get. I just want to see some of these games get ported back, and so I can play them again. So I'm. I my yeah. bar is really low, and it still isn't being met. I think it'd be really interesting to like see a um like a Pokemon collection type Switch game where like you take Pokemon Snap but you also like put the mini games from Pokemon Stadium or something or you put like Pokemon mm-hmm. Puzzle League or something on it. I think that would be really cool. Just just like hey, here's like a bunch of smaller games that came out back in the day. And and I think it would be worth like a $60 bu- bundle if it was a bundle. Um not I don't think you could sell Pokemon Snap now for $60. I I don't think you could sell Pokemon Puzzle League for $60. I don't think you'd sell the Pokemon <laughs> mini games for $60. But I I think I think if you put them together, they might be worth $60. Uh so we appreciate that email Kilby. Uh our next email is going to be from uh Big Cat Bruce and I think this is where we're going to stop it today. We're just going to do two just because it's late and Thatch wants to go to bed. Uh but uh P McGee, you can take this one. Well, that's good because this is my third appearance and my second email I get to read from Big Cat Bruce. So thank you, Big <laughs> Cat Bruce, for sending your emails in. I appreciate them and I will keep reading them every time I am on. Uh, hello, Puckle Gang. Big Cat Bruce here with something you may enjoy. Your latest podcast was perfectly timed with something I did this past weekend. I met up with some friends and we played our TCG spinoff games, Shots. It's a six-person free-for-all Pokemon card battling I don't know if that's a spin-off game, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let it slide. We appreciate the amount you wrote about this, so I'm going to keep reading. There are some different rules in order to make the 1v1 battles work, but overall, it's pretty seamless. The game is much more about building alliances and manipulating others to win, instead of doing 300 damage on turn 2. In fact, showing a very strong Pokemon too early could make make you a target more so than a threat. Since multiple people can attack you in a single turn, getting KOs from unsuspecting Pokemon. Um, where alcohol comes in is that every time you lose a Pokemon, you have to take a shot. So the leader may be targeted as to as a way to hinder his cognitive functioning. Also, the game has a built-in achievements based on actions that result in the achiever being able to take a shot himself or make someone else do it. Some examples, first blood, get the first KO, overkill, do twice as much damage to a Pokemon than its original HP backstab break an alliance with the same person twice. Um, lastly, there are some inside jokes and r- insults and rules. If you leave the table to use the restroom or something, you can expect to get attacked and come back with a pile of damage counters on your card. One of the rules is that the damage this sounds so wrong. is not. <laughs> this is a very convoluted game. Yes, it is. I don't know if I don't know if you could ever bring another person into the fold, but I appreciate yes. that you have gone to such effort to lay it out for us. Yes. One of the rules is that the damage receiver is not responsible for remembering to add points to poison or burn, or if a stadium calls for it. So you may forget to add a couple of counters here or there, and that could le- help you live a future attack. It's a ton of fun. And as we've gotten older, we don't get to do it as much. But when we do, we stay up all night and have a blast. I love the show and Sword and Shield coverage has been stellar. Well, thank you uh, from Big Cat Bruce. I appreciate so, that. <laughs> I, I guess the, I guess I should have read the title. The title says custom spinoff game for the TCG. So. I was hoping that he wanted a remake of the TCG GBA games. When I read that, when I read the, when I read it, I didn't pay attention to the custom though. <laughs> Which is probably my fault because this only just came in. I didn't get the chance to read it before the show. Uh, yeah, you, but, just, you got to hear like an hour to spare, Big Cat Bruce. Way to yeah, go. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, it's an interesting. I'm glad that you shared this with us. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a Pokemon trading card game, though, spin off remake. I'd be into that. I'd be into Whenever, it. Whatever. We got this one localized. Mm. That yeah. could happen. Uh, do a dual pack and give me just literally those two games together. One of my favorite memories from when I was a kid was when the original TCG came out, like way back when there was like this VHS, like introductory of how to play. Mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of like 30 and 40 year old parents playing the, the card game and you were like listening to them play. And it was just a really weird experience. I still remember that like 15 years later, that memory sticks in my head. I need to find that VHS. It was it was something special. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember uh, with the with the original Pokemon movie, uh, the little ad for the uh, get involved in your local league. Yes. And there would be a number called get involved with your local league. But uh, you see, I'm not from the same generation that started uh, when it was fresh new. So uh, I called that number. Uh, my little 11-year-old felt filled with joy and got, this number is no longer in service. Oh, that's so sad. I mean, Pokemon, I, I, I cried. Pokemon leagues used to be a lot different um because it was honestly yeah. they were using it as just like a way to market everything uh to children so like it would just be like hey come to toys r us and trade pokemon cards and <laughs> and that that was about it like that i mean that was the extent of it because kids didn't know the rules i don't know i mean i don't think i knew the rules when i was a kid like whatsoever and it, it, it was it was that was all it was it wasn't anything fancy uh granted they did have cool badges i will say that yeah those things are awesome I want the, some. The badges, I mean, they weren't as cool. I think the ones that were the coolest were the Gen 5 ones from TCG Leagues because those were actually like the size and the shape of the actual badges and uh, from Gen 5, I should say. And they actually came out like if you got enough points or something somehow, you could actually get a case that would like you can put them all in. And so that was that, I thought that was really cool and interesting. I've got some of those lying around, actually. Um, I like, know official badges were a thing, and now I kind of want to go track some down. Uh, so like they're not. I like I said, like outside of like the Gen Five ones, I don't think they're that good. And the Gen Six ones don't exist, and Gen Seven obviously didn't have any. And then I don't know what they're doing now for TCG leagues. Uh, unfortunately, I mean I'm not up on that. Uh, that, that seems like Yushiro's ground. Yeah, I uh, never got beyond collecting random cards. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, uh, I think we should reward the Green Taurus badge. And honestly, I think it should go to Kilby. As he led I'm to a nice, that. interesting discussion, and I think he should get it. So if you're on the Discord, Kilby, come on over. You can get that Green Taurus badge roll. Uh, and on that note, this is it for the show. If you want to go ahead and email us next week at pucklepodcast.gmail.com, letting us know what you think of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX, we'd love to hear from you to know what, what you think. So please go ahead, uh, email us at pucklepodcast.gmail.com. In the meantime, if you want to help do anything around the show, come to the Discord. It's the links in the show notes. You can be invited, hang out with the community, join in some tournaments, have a lot of fun. It's cool. It's hip. You can follow us on social media over at Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also get more content out of us by going to Puckle Plus, uh, where we release a show close to every Thursday or two. Yeah, Thursday. Uh, I've, we've been having some technical difficulties. Uh, I am assuming that in April, we will have one every week, every Thursday. <laughs> Uh, that is we have my schedule it out that way. That is my current plan uh, to be able to do that. <laughs> that is that is my hope and that is my dream uh, to be able to do that. 
So we will be there. And if you want some video content in the meantime, like maybe you want those extra like quote unquote bonus podcasts where we hang out and play Pokemon Coliseum together and talk about the game. Uh, that's over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash buckle podcast. Uh, Oshawott actually does a lot of those thumbnails. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was the one that figured out the thumbnail formula. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just threw a giant Machop on there or Machamp and, and everyone came running. Honestly, you're not wrong. Uh, and then uh, if you want live content where like such as the stream where Oshawott and I did together played Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, you can come over to twitch.tv slash the Puckle podcast. Uh, we have a really good time over there. Uh, just a blast hanging out with you guys while playing video games such as Pokemon Coliseum or just doing Patreon raid nights, stuff like that. Uh, if you want to go ahead and support the show there's a few ways to do that one uh just listen i really appreciate that as always review the show as well uh these are all things that you can do for free uh if you have a amazon prime subscription if you go to twitch you can drop us a twitch prime subscription we really appreciate that uh you could also go to t public and purchase some merchandise anything you buy there with our link in our show notes helps support us in some fashion you can also go ahead and buy some ramen yummy yummy ramen uh, that is also nutritionally complete from Vite Ramen using code Puckle for a 10% off. You can also go ahead and uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast, where you can get enjoy Pokemon giveaways, uh, access to the live show, access to, I don't know, Patreon raid night. It's It's a good time. We've got a lot of fun things. Uh, so I really enjoy having you all uh, come and participate in that. Uh, if you can't, if you can't, don't worry about it. It's never a necessity. It's just something that gives you a few bonus perks in the community. So on top of that, though, I am ready. Uh, I think this is it for the show. Uh, I have been Trainer Thatch. I have been P. McGee. And I have been Oshawa. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time.
We here at Puckle would like to thank all of our patrons who make this show possible and as well as just give us a bunch of awesome stuff to uh, work with and improve the show. Uh, I put out a video earlier this week thanking all of you for your continued support. Some changes to the tiers that are coming. You should see those changes reflected on patreon.com slash Puckle podcast later this week. But I do thank all of you for supporting the show in as much as you have and as much as you could. It's just amazing to me and I really appreciate it. And on that note, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and read all of your names as I do every week because I, I'm just, ah, man, I'm blown away. And I, I want to thank all of you for making this possible. And I'd like to reiterate that as always, none of us make money from this show. It all goes back into the show, making it bigger and better. And it's very exciting because we can do a lot with your support. So once again, thank you. And without further ado, Thank you to Greg, Viger, Dooley, Cordia, Snickle, Rob, JT Rex, Big Chunk, The Fluffiest Wizard Sean, Michael, Paul, Dexio, Christian, Miguel, Apollo, Corey, Rotted Mushroom, Titan Killer, Lane, Piccolo, Ryan, John, Wade, Marcus, Kinkovic, and Harmonia, Alolan Dergs, Tank, Sheldon, Michael, CR Perkins, Bodtech, Swampertata, Gone Corfish, and Amanda, Chris, Andrew, Alex, Kenneth, Michael, Jordy, Ellen, Jacob, Bear, Nicholas, Holden, Justin, Launchpad, McQuack, Craig, Joey, Matthew, Sheon, John, Jonathan, Merlander, Caleb, Joshua, Zane, P. McGee, Robert, the Golden Klefki, DGZ, the British Gent, Brian DeWolf, Dylan, Trevor, TJ, Keegan, Peach, Doc Knox, Dennis, Farmer Fox, Echo, Edub, Jonathan, Disco, Calypso, Kelvin, Taylor, Mike, Colt, Allegionary, Maxi, Shambles, Justin, Crocodiles and Crocs, Michael, Tim, Equals Dylan, Andrew, Old Man Tup, Jesse, David, Super Chad, Chan, Chandman, Lord Corbinick, Harvey, Lotto, Jordan, Raymond, Brock, Ed, Louise, Cal- Kevin, Nico, Hayden, Voltaire, Calvin, Justin, Luke, Matthew, Neleb, South, Brandon, Lock, iStarly TV, Zach, Kenneth, Prime Rib, Elfeets, Jeremy, Gigantamax Metapod, Sammy, Graham, Greg, Alec, Christopher, Yegler, Mikey, Christopher, Kevin, Chris, Darkflame, Halfful Review, Sparky, Coop, Jordan, Shira, Zardy, Smacky the Frog, Ironcaster, Orange Avenger, William, Steve, Anime Gravy, Hazelnut, Sarah, Dylan, Joseph, Traby, Cordell, Julie, and Alex. Thank you to all of you. That is a lot of names now. I appreciate it. I will catch you guys all in the flip-flop. And again, you're awesome. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.